Tigers got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. It's On the Green post PGA Championship episode. Andrew Bellotta here with Sam Davis and Mike Calamari. Guys, a hell of an end of the tournament. It was all these guys that weren't the big names. And then JT, out of nowhere, Sam's pick, he gets it done. It's him and Zalatoris in the playoff. And JT hits an amazing shot on 17 in that playoff to drive the green and is able to birdie that one and uh, win the playoff. So, Sam, you got the winner. Start off, start off with you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing amazing, Andrew. I'm doing amazing. And you failed to mention I, I that also not only failed. did I get the winner, Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. I had to bring it up. I had to say just off the top, I'll just say it once and I'll just, you know, take my bragging rights for a second there that uh, not only did you fade him, but, you know, Chris, Mike and yourself, you all picked him to be outside the top 20. I was the only one that was riding with JT, but I do have to say there was a little bit of luck involved in terms of Mito and we'll we'll get into his collapse, obviously, but uh, just overall. Uh, what a what a golf tournament. I mean, really, really fun. Anytime there's a playoff, it's 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 amazing. Um, I like the aggregate format. I, I think that, you know, sometimes a sudden death might be a little bit more exciting at times. But the way that this worked, I wanted to see Zalatoris and JT go at it for, you know, three holes. I think it was perfect, you know, to see them go at it. So overall, just a really fun golf tournament. Yeah, I'm a bit pissed because I had been taking JT or at least talking about him as like one of the best golfers because he had been finishing so close for all these tournaments and then the one you weren't loyal you weren't loyal to him the one week i don't go with jt he wins the pga championship which i guess is just dumb luck but nothing you can do and one of the i think probably the best tournament at least the highest stakes and best tournament we've had uh, I think it was better than the players. I think it was better than yeah. the Masters, at least from a fan perspective. Oh, yeah. Had very good tournaments this se- uh, season, but nothing like the stakes of the PGA Championship that also had such a good end to it, especially with how it went down with JT being the clubhouse leader, then eventually getting the chance to win in the playoffs. So a great tournament. I'm excited to get into it. And starting off with JT, because obviously got to start off with the winner. And he kind of had just a weird round four because he came in to the day. I mean, I think it was seven off. He, he was yeah, far, seven yeah, back. Yeah, he was seven yeah. back to start the day. And he kind of surged in that back nine type area was uh, four under par from the ninth hole on. But like, even though he was that good, you saw a lot of missed putts down the stretch. 18 was the big one, but I think there were a few other ones where he could have uh, birdie, but ended up parring. And he ends up with a great back nine, shoots a 67, but he obviously didn't, you know, to hit that full potential in 
that fourth round and he goes into the clubhouse as I think he was third. And he's like, I probably have no shot at this point. You have Zalatoris coming up along with Mito Pereira. And then that 18th hole and you see Mito Pereira just dunk one in that little Creek. And then you probably see JT's like, I, I got to go to the uh, driving range because you were going to get a playoff. And that's exactly what happens. You have Zalatoris who barely, I think he, he could have won the tournament with a long, uh, par putt, but he misses it. So he go, goes back to uh, five under par as well. So then you have JT and Zalatoris in the playoff. They both went birdie and then yep. JT just drives the drives the green. He just says good night. And, and then he's able to on the third playoff, able to finish it off. Yeah. And with JT, I mean, uh, the biggest thing that, that sticks out to me and Andrew, you said it at the start was the fact that um, everybody else in the field, in the leaderboard, you know, on Sunday, didn't really have a whole lot of experience, kind of younger guys. You know, we talked about Pereira and obviously Will Zalatoris as well. Um, you know, a lot of younger guys in the mix, Cameron Young as well. You just go down the list there. JT had that experience, obviously winning the PGA before, had a little bit more experience as a golfer and, and, and what it takes to win a major. And I think that's really what showed um, on Sunday. Ultimately, obviously, you know, he went missed missed that birdie putt on 18 and you're thinking like you know me picking him obviously i'm rooting for and i'm thinking okay that's probably it that, that that's probably the end there he really needed to hit that to at least be tied with prayer heading into the clubhouse um you know obviously then the whatever happens with Pereira and, and that club choice and that decision uh to bring the driver out and all of a sudden jt's got a chance but i think ultimately that showed you know, I, I, I don't think he was fully prepared for that playoff, to be honest. I mean, who would be not, not really totally thinking that, OK, that's going to happen. Obviously, you have to be prepared for anything. But his ability to just get up and say, OK, here we go. You know, time to go to work and, and, and birdie the first hole right there with uh, Zalatoris. I think that was huge. He hit a big birdie putt because um, Zalatoris had a shot at Eagle, which I think really would have you know flipped the script uh, early on in that playoff on the first hole. So. They both birdie, and then that leads, obviously, to 17, which was an electric shot, just an unbelievable shot. Um, I've watched that shot, like, plenty of times, I feel like, over the last couple of days. Just really fun, uh, really amazing shot. 18, same thing, to end, end off the playoff. Just uh, the confidence um, to just grab the driver and, and hit that exact same shot he hit on 18 in regulation. You know, that, that sounds easy to just hit the same shot twice, but it, it's really not in the game of golf. It's, it's very difficult. So his ability to just say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to grab that driver and hit that perfect shot that rolls right close to the creek, but not in it on 18 and puts you in a great position for his second shot. That's what he did. And, and just unbelievably impressed with the composure that he showed and the, and, and the confidence there down the stretch. Yeah, I, I, I think it's awesome what Justin Thomas was able to do. And I think it helped him that he went into the clubhouse not expecting maybe he was going to get that opportunity. Because then when it happens, it's, well, I got nothing to lose, you know, and I can try my best here. And, you know, even if it doesn't work out my way, I wasn't even supposed to be in this position. So I don't think the pressure was on him as much as maybe someone like Zalatoris or obviously Mito Pereira. So I think that helps him a lot. You look at his stats this season, we joked a lot about how he was so close a lot of times during the Valspar, during the um, Worldwide Technology Championship. He finally gets his win. He now has eight top 10 finishes. That's one more already than last season. That's two more than the season before that in 2019-2020. He's putting together one of his best seasons of his career, and I don't think we you know, have really taken notice of that because he hadn't gotten that win yet. But now that he does, I think it takes that pressure off. 
and we could see Justin Thomas win another tournament or two in this season and maybe even a major. So this was like the huge one for Justin Thomas to finally, you know, get the monkey off the back, finally relax a little bit, get that win. And I think that's going to help him a lot moving forward, especially at a tournament like the PGA Championship, which is probably one of the bigger majors. So a huge job by Justin Thomas and the ability to come out of the clubhouse where you probably originally thought you had no shot of winning to then have the three playoff hole that he did is tremendous. And JT, you, you, you told, you said it, Mike, he just had, he had so many top 10 finishes and with his just consistency, what he's able to do his swing and just obviously his pedigree on the tour, you expected him to win eventually. And he's able to get it done obviously in the major. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he won another one eventually, either the U S open or the British open in St. Andrews. Cause I, I think he's a guy like when, you see things go haywire, he's always going to be that safe pick. Whether the weather's bad, whether you have really young guys at the top, if someone makes a mistake, he could kind of come up and, uh, you know, make a move and is able to win a tournament like this. And then he could also go off and just run away with the tournament. That's just how special of a golfer he is. And he's getting into that 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 range where, you know, he, he's kind of, I would say he's more our generation of golf, great golfers. Obviously, we're not in that Tiger area. I wouldn't even say Spieth, like when Spieth really went on his run, I think we were like 12. So like, he's more of a guy that I could see him if he continues to win, he could put a few more majors together. He could definitely become that face of this generation of golf. And he's a guy that, you know, you love to see him win too. He's definitely one of those guys you love to root for. And I wish I had a swing. It's so, so sweet. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He, he totally is a guy that, um, you know, you, you definitely tend to just root for, he's just a, you know, fun guy to watch on the golf course. And obviously like, I, I feel like I was partially torn because obviously I picked him. I was really rooting for JT, but at the same time, you know, I think we'll get into it. I just, I felt really bad for Mito and I felt bad for everything going on in that situation. So it was, I was a little like, I think a lot of people were torn because it's great to see JT win. I think a lot of people like to root for him, but at the same time, you're watching kind of a, a, a serious collapse from a young golfer that, you know, that that's something that's tough to recover. Now let's get into Mr. Pereira, the Chilean, and he shoots a 64 on the round two, and he's able to continue that into round three. He shoots a one under 69, and he's coming into the round four. He was nine under, right? And he shoots a 75 on that round four on Sunday, and that – I, I thought he was going to get it done, to be honest, because he didn't completely fall apart. I think that was one thing, too. It's not like he fell apart by, like, hole 10 and he was just, like, you know, tied with JT and JT took him over at the end. Like, JT and, you know, Zalatoris was right with him, too, going into that 18th hole. He was winning, and all he had to do was par that that, that final hole or, you know, like Bowie to make a playoff. Like, he got himself not even, you know, in into a playoff. He got himself completely out of the tournament and obviously everyone's going to go back to the double bogey on 18 where it was almost like he had a check swing like in baseball he just did not follow through it looked like one of my drives when you're just not feeling it and it's just a right into the to the creek there and I mean you know he said I think uh after the match which for him give him a lot of credit because he went up to every reporter that wanted to speak to him and he talked to every single one so give a ton of credit to him for kind of you know owning up and not you know uh, just going into the clubhouse and just leaving. He was able to, you know, explain to everybody what it, you know, was going through his mind. He said the Creek wasn't even in his thought process. He thought he was easily not going to, you know, be in that situation. And lo and behold, he does obviously a really young player, but for him to go pound for pound with JT and Zalatoris really into the end, it shows that he, you know, obviously you give him a lot of credit there, but 
what a tough, tough way, Mike, start off with you to, to, to lose a tournament. Yeah, it's just a brutal way to lose one. And he talked about after the match how he felt the nerves all weekend. He felt them Friday and how when he got to Sunday, he really started to feel them in the morning. And he even said that, you know, I thought I was going to win. He went into that 72nd hole thinking he was going to come out the champion. But obviously that's a situation where a veteran golfer is going to handle better than, you know, someone who's earlier on the tour. So, you know, that's, I guess, what we saw here on the PGA Championship weekend. And, you know, it makes you think of other collapses in years past, similar to Jordan Speed at the Masters. You can't help but think about those moments where people were really a shot or two away, maybe from a major, but just were unable to execute. So, you know, it's a tough moment for him, but I think he put his name on the map, at least in the golf world. I had never heard of him before. Maybe that's on me, but I think that's a lot of people. And now you're going to take notice of him. And listen, it's going to probably start for him in a non-major to get that win to maybe, you know, be an icebreaker for him, at least in his career. Uh, but still a fantastic job at the PGA Championship. We shouldn't be ashamed of anything. And that happens to any golfer. You know, you look at a lot of collapses in the past. That's not something unusual, but definitely a tough way to go out. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it, you're right. It, it is such a part of golf is the mental side of the game. You know, we talk about it with baseball. It's the same thing, you know, with golf, especially how important it is to be mentally focused and locked in, especially when, you know, there's a ton of pressure that surrounds the game of golf. It's not like a sport where you're, you know, uh, sprinting back and forth and, and you're just kind of going off adrenaline and, and you don't really even have time to think. It's a game that's very slow and, and, and deliberate and you have to think about every shot and that can really, you know, hurt a young golfer. And that's kind of what we saw. I think just, um, you know, deciding to go to that driver right away on 18, really, uh, you know, I guess I like JT hit a shot, hit, hit, hit his driver in 18 and, and hit a perfect shot. So, you know, I guess you can't blame the shot selection if, if he was confident in that club, but then, like you said, just, you know, kind of like a weird half swing. And I think definitely the nerves were really hitting him pretty hard on 18. And uh, that's part of why, you just feel so bad for him. But at the same time, you know, you can't blame him because it's happened so many times. Um, it's happened to a lot of other golfers in the history of this game. Um, and, and ultimately, I guess for him, and I think for, you know, us in general, the biggest takeaway is how well he did play and how close he was to winning that major at a younger age. I think he's about 20, I think he's 27 years old. So he's a younger golfer. He's still got a really bright future ahead of him obviously I just hope he's able to just wash this and it's It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a year. Who knows how long it's going to take because this is like, you know, this is a, a scarring experience to be honest, to go through something like this. But ultimately I think he's got to be able to say at some point, just, you know, forget about it. And maybe that first win, you know, will help him kind of leave this in the past, forget about it because he does, he does really have a bright future ahead. He's a guy that really had shot for shot, had a great tournament. Really, you can't make fun of anything he did or really second guess anything he did until that, that 18th hole on round four. And it's a thing with him that, and this is why golf's so unforgiving, in that one shot, he lost over a million dollars. Like, that's just, it, it, you know, and for a guy. I didn't even think about the numbers about it yet. He went from, and, and not only he went from first to second, he went first to tied for third. So he dropped over a million dollars. He went from 1.8 million, I think, to like 870. So he, 
I mean, look, 870K for him is a great weekend, but definitely not at the level. Yeah, but for a young golfer, too, that's a lot of money. You know, yeah. it's, it's one thing if it's one of the guys that are really up there and it's like, you know, you can afford a hit like that. But for a younger golfer, yeah, you're right. That's I didn't even think about that either. That is uh, salt in the wound. Kind he of makes there. probably what over 200 good golf shots. Like, I mean, he was, I mean, his best, his best tournament ever, probably. He's probably going into that last hole, like, this is the best I've ever played. And then you, you get one into the, the creek and, you know, that all goes to waste. But, you know, enough talking about Pereira. I, I also want to get into Will Zalatoris, who, another golfer who played great all weekend, was on the top of the leaderboard, basically from Thursday all the way through or Friday all the way through. And I, I think with him, like, he didn't have a major collapse. He kind of was just like there. And he didn't really separate himself all weekend. But look, you got to give him a ton of credit. Another really young golfer. But I, I think the knock on him has always been the putter. And again, in the major tournament, you've got to be able to putt. And I think that's where he fell short in this one. And especially, you know, you just go go down. You know, he was parring basically, you know, a ton. Uh, he finished one over on the round uh, going into the playoff. But, you know, overall, he was pretty solid. But didn't make that huge putt, that clutch putt uh, to really finish it. Even on 18, he had a chance to win. And was just able to, you know, miss it and then was able to, uh, you know, get the par to go to the playoff. But he didn't make, you know, that clutch putt, which I think as he gets older, as, you know, he's able to, you know, get better with the putter. I think that's something that he'll continue. But the knock on him has always been the putter. And that that continued here late into Sunday. Yeah, I think what uh, uh, Zalatoris is something is he's been tremendous all year. This is not just a first time occurrence. He has six top ten finishes. He also has two runners up at the Farmers Insurance and now at the PGA Championship. So he's been playing great yeah. golf all season long. And like you mentioned, Andrew, it's really been the putter with him because with everything else, he's been amazing. Shots gained approach to the green. He's first this season. Shots gained tee to the green. He's first this season. Shots gained total. He's top 10. He's seventh. Just that the putting, he's negative 0.233 shots gained. That's 154th on the season. So with him, it really just comes down to the putting. We've seen that with a guy like Kam Morikawa. That's probably the thing that holds him back from being the best golfer on the planet right now. And Zalatoris is going to have to figure that out. But he does have the iron. He does have the driver. He does have everything he needs to get to the green to still win tournaments. He just needs to be able to putt good enough to win because he hasn't won on the PGA Tour yet, even though he's been placing top 10, top 5. It's just going to come down to you got to putt good enough for these four days to win. It doesn't have to be a, a, across an entire season, but just over these four days to win a tournament. And I think he has that potential. And I think he'll win a tournament this season just going forward. If he really wants to make a name for himself as a consistent winner on the tour, that's what he's going to have to do. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree um, with, with both of what you're saying saying about the putting obviously i think it speaks also the fact that his putting is so i didn't realize he was that you know it, it was you know what'd you say over 100 150th or whatever yeah, ranked yeah, in, 155th. In, i mean <laughs> i mean that that is that is surprising and i think that also points to how good his irons are how good he is off the tee because his ability to place you know second at the pga sixth at the masters you know uh some really high finishes in majors last year as well and just at 25 years old shows how good his, his game is, shows how really good of a, and talented of a golfer he is. It's just that one element of his game with the putter that obviously needs a little work. And I think with a lot of golfers, that comes as you get older. You know, you have the ability, you know, you have 
the talent to drive a, a really long way. You have the ability to have nice precision with your irons. It's the putting a lot of times for younger golfers that they struggle with. Um, and that's certainly the case with Will, but definitely a bright future. I have no doubt that he's going to you know, get over the hump. I have no doubt that he's going to uh, definitely win uh, on the PGA Tour. And I think certainly win a major at some point because he's too young and he's too talented not to you know, figure out the putter and, and, and really you know, turn this, this trend of round of getting close, but not getting all the way. To be honest with you, and I guess this is kind of, you know, a sneak peek at our, you know, at our picks. I wouldn't be surprised if he won next week uh, just because of he's so good hitting fairways, hitting greens, and then you just got to finish. And in majors, it's the greens are just much tougher than just regular tournaments. And I think everyone, any golfer can kind of attest to that. And he's a guy that, you know, I think going into the week, a lot of people were like, if you can hit fairways, you're going to be in, in pretty good shape uh at southern hills and that that's the same for next week as well but if you cannot hit fairways and you know you're not so good with the driver you're gonna have issues that's why i think we all kind of said this wasn't tiger's course because you talk about augusta or you know a course like st andrews where you know you got to be really sharp with your irons maybe not so much with the driver or as much i should say and i think that was the case this week with salatoris and couldn't make the putts on that major but i think in a regular tournament where obviously it's still very difficult but it's not as hard it's not running as quick and i think that's kind of where, you know, he could have a lot of success. And another guy that's great with the driver and not so good with the putter is Jordan Spieth. And this week, he actually was better tee to green than Justin Thomas, but he finished 34th just because of he was so, so bad with the putter. And, you know, you, you look at what he was able to do. I think he finished 34th. Yeah, so he was plus four, 34th, and he was better than Justin Thomas tee to green, which just shows you he was just with the putter, just wasn't there all week and for Spieth he's everyone's been saying he's been saying he's been hitting the ball the best of his career but the putter has just been so so bad and we saw it again here this weekend in Oklahoma yeah you look at Spieth this season I have the um the shots getting putting uh already open I I, I talked about how Zalatoris it's 154th and uh minus 0.233 Speed is all the way down to 177 and negative 0.386. So that just shows how anemic his putting has been so far this season. And the fact he's still been able to win and place highly, it's just a credit to how good he's been with every other facet of his game. But the problem with speed with me is just not only can he hit the putt that like your above average putter will hit, he's going to miss the putt that, you know, everyone on the tour should be hitting. Like he's missing those kind of putts. We saw that. I think it was that four putt a couple yeah. weekends ago. He's that type of golfer where you can't be giving away shots like that. That's what's going to lose him tournaments. I think Speed does another win in him um, on this season as well. I think he could have another major win just about how good he is as a golfer. And like I said with Zal Torres, you just have to put the putt in together for four days. And you can maybe try to do that across the season if you really get hot and you get a good feel for it. But he still needs to figure that out. And I think that's what makes someone like Cam Smith on the tour so good <laughs> and so reliable. He finished 13th this past weekend because you know the putter's going to be there. And in a major, it's almost a lock for him to finish top 20 every time. Because even if he doesn't have anything else working, once he gets to the green, he's going to be a safe bet to at least two putt at the most. Yeah, no, that's a huge part of, I think like that's, I feel like I've learned that through doing these picks on this podcast as, as well as just like, like you said, you know, Cam Smith, the perfect example of a safe bet, somebody that, you know, 
um, it, it's just going to be a little bit more consistent, um, you know, in terms of all four rounds, in terms of each hole, you know, and I think that starts with the putting. That's the key because you can have uh, a really great, you know, drive or a really great iron shot um, and put yourself in great position. But then all of a sudden, if you two or three putt, you, you know, you, you ruin your score on that hole. Um, and, and that thing spirals. And I think that's what we saw with speed at times. Um, another guy, you know, I think, uh, you know, I draw similarities between him and Rory kind of as well. Both guys that are really talented, both guys that um, really can go out and win any tournament. You know, I, I really truly believe that they have the opportunity to win just about every tournament with how talented they are. But it's about, you know, putting together a little bit more consistency. Um, you know, I think a lot of that starts in the greens for sure. Yeah. And we got to get to Mr. McElroy because he started off round one. I think it was five straight birdies he had. I mean, just an insane stretch. And he's obviously just classic McElroy, cannot put four rounds together. He was amazing in that first round. He ended up shooting a 65, but then, you know, you see kind of the ups and downs from him. He finished eighth overall, but had a 74 in round three. And that's kind of what did him in. He went 65, 71, 74, 68. And, you know, for McElroy, I, I think it's kind of more of the same. It was four straight uh, birdies in, I believe, in round, yeah, round one. So, again, when you go uh, 12 through 15, you know, birdies, you're thinking that you, you'll have a good shot to win. Obviously, he still finished top 10, but a, another major for McElroy and another, uh, you know, instance where he just can't put four rounds of golf through the whole weekend together. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Rory to finally, you know, get that big win. I think he's someone that could eventually um, complete that career grand slam uh, along with Jordan Spieth. Uh, it, you know, it's kind of tough with these guys that had such dominant career, like such dominant runs earlier in their careers and have since fallen off someone like Spieth and you just want them to get back to their old form. I think Rory has looked good so far this season. Think about that Sunday at the Masters where he was virtually, you know, the best golfer of the all weekend, just came at the wrong time, finished his second there. He still looked good this past weekend at the PGA Championship. He also has another top five finish at the Wells Fargo this season. You know, you just want to see Rory win a big one. And I think that's what you also want to see out of Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas gets it. It can't be every guy every weekend. But you want to see Rory get another major under his belt this season. I think that would be something a lot of golf fans want. If you had, say, two golfers, you want to see another win another major outside of Tiger Woods. It's Jordan Speed and it's Roy McIlroy. I think Rory's got a lot of his game that's going right, but I just don't think I've seen from him four great rounds of golf. He'll give you two or three great rounds, but – he just can't seem to do the consistency across the four days that it takes to win a tournament. That's the biggest thing that I've seen with him so far. Yeah, and because of that lack of consistency, I just don't like I don't have a lot of faith in him at the moment or, or I guess trust in him in terms of thinking that he can, you know, uh, or I shouldn't say can. Uh, but will, you know, win a major or, or win, you know, even on the tour, but especially a major, you know, over the past year, because he has been playing good golf, like you said, at times. And then he's got, you know, rounds or he's got days where he looks like a completely different golfer. He looks like, you know, much different. He's a lot more frustrated. I think he lets his emotions get to him a little too much at times, which is incredibly difficult in the game of golf, you know, not to get too frustrated or, you know, like to control your emotions, I think is incredibly hard um, for any golfer. 
Um, but Rory sometimes struggles with that as well. Just, you know, getting, letting that frustration kind of boil over after, you know, uh, an inconsistent or a bad day on the course. And ultimately that's why I just don't have a, a ton of trust in him right now, um, to win a major at this moment, just because I know he can do it, but it's just about putting those consistent rounds together. That's not something he's done all year. He's played really great at times, but he hasn't played, uh, you know, a great, tournament as a whole you know even the masters for example like you know that that second place finish was awesome and and the way he played on sunday was great but he played that way when it didn't really matter he played that way when it wasn't as important because he was already out of it there wasn't really a chance that he was going to catch scotty scheffler so he played the way he did he went out and he had a really good sunday and you know with a nice a, a nice story definitely a nice moment for him but he's got to play that way when it really does matter he's got to play that way earlier in the week when you know, he can put himself in position to be at the top of the leaderboard and stay there. And I think that's the key with Rory. And, you know, I hope he figures that out. You know, another guy like, like Spieth, you know, like you said, Mike, we, I want to see him win. So I hope he does figure it out, but I don't really have a lot of, you know, confidence at this moment with Rory that he will. And it's funny with Rory because his last three tournaments, he's second in the Masters, Wells Fargo, he, he finished fifth and then PGA eighth. And you, you go back to, you know, Genesis finished tied for 10th. Arnold Palmer was tied for 13th. So a ton of top 15 finishes, but. That's really know, impressive, honestly. Very he, impressive. He's yeah. playing probably his, his best golf since he went on that tear and like, you know, in 2013 type, you know, 2012 type, to, you know, uh, years for him. And that's great to see him play at that level again. I just think that for me, it's just a matter of time. He's going to win one. I could see the British Open. I don't know about the U.S. Open, but I, I think in St. Andrews, he could definitely be a guy that can get it done. I think he's going to be one of the favorites there for sure. Uh, just because, you know, with his playing style, I think fits there well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's going to wrap up kind of our player thing. I do want to quickly get into our top 20 picks because, you know, overall, I mean, shout out to Chris Hennessy, who's obviously not with us, graduated and nine and four. You know, he, I mean, look, we all know he definitely knows the most golf, golf encyclopedia. <laughs> it's no secret. It's and no secret. He knows, he, he knows he this stuff. was, you know, we were all either seven and six or six and seven. He's just runs away with it at nine and four. And, you know, he obviously could run some golf circles around us for sure. Uh, but overall, there were obviously surprises. And you, you look at the names like John Rahm tied for 48. Scotty Scheffler cut, who is so, so hot. He gets cut from he was my pick to win it and um, he was but didn't you have you had cameron young as your your sleeper right i saw i i did great on the sleeper cameron young was you know time for third so, yeah. yeah to me that that uh that knocks it out that yeah I, I, I would i would have to say morikawa tied for 55th an, another guy that you know didn't kind of play to obviously his caliber of golf and you know we obviously had him making top 20 we all did so you know we obviously all lost that one go down the list a guy like uh Spieth as we said didn't play too well and then Brooks Kepko, who was my winner Sam's uh fade Sam doesn't get the fade pick because he made the cut just barely but uh, barely. another I almost got the fade pick that would have been like the, the nail the final nail in the coffin for you because we are going head to head this week so if I got that Brooks pick too I I, I knew he wasn't going to be in the turn like I, I didn't expect him to be anywhere close to winning the winning the tournament which I think was right but in terms of the rules of the fade, I, I technically did not get it, but it was close. And Brooks Kepka is a guy that, look, I, I had my faith in Brooks 
tied 55th and just another major, another disappointment. He was supposed to be the guy when we started this, this podcast, I think he made like top 10 finishes in majors. I think it was like four straight. And all of a sudden, you know, when I start picking him, he goes, uh, miss I feel like you've picked time. him more than one. You picked him like I picked him twice. I picked him okay, to win, twice, the, to win yeah. the Masters too, and because that, that was like the sexy pick. Everyone thought he was going to come back and be really good, but man, he just was 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 not good again. People are saying that he's kind of struggling with some injuries as well, but that may just for him be an excuse just to keep kind of people off of him. But I mean, we'll see what Brooks can do. Uh, another guy that I think is just going to have to I think play better in like these types of tournaments and like the low the lower types. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's playing this week, but just kind of he needs a get right tournament where he's just really, really good. Uh, I'm not sure when that's going to happen for the U.S. Open, but right now between Brooks and, you know, more coward and play well, Rom, I think they kind of kind of need that get right tournament. Overall, kind of guys that did play well, you had Max Homa, who made the top 15, Xander Shoffley, who. You know, we all said that, uh, you know, last tournament was a big surprise. He's able to come up with a top 15, top 15 finish. And then same with Cam Smith as well. Any big surprises from you guys out of the, uh, the top 20s? Well, I want to mention Tiger, of course. Which, oh, um, Tiger. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Of course, of course, with the withdrawal, he was, um, which was... It's, it's funny. I, I, think once... that was, I don't think it was... It wasn't, you know, we all picked him to be outside the top 20. So it wasn't surprising that... He, for us, at least, that he that he was outside the top twenty, no doubt. But to withdraw, I I think was a surprise. Um, I mean, obviously on Saturday, uh, he was struggling and and just not really at the top of his game. And overall, I'm I was a little surprised to even play in this tournament because after the Masters, you know, the talk seemed to be looking forward to St Andrews and looking towards that, and that was the you know kind of like the that was the the it looked like that was going to be the next tournament he played in. Um, you know, but then, you know, here he is playing in the PGA and you got to think now that he played in the PGA, he'll be back for the U S open as well. Um, so that was a little surprising that he played. And I think it showed that, you know, maybe obviously he is not at, at, at full strength and, and, and just not quite there yet, but he still has the ability to put together. I mean, he, he shot 69 on, on Friday, I think. So he, he, yeah, he when the conditions he, weren't very good. Yeah, he still has the ability to put together a good round, which, you know, shows, you know, obviously it's Tiger Woods. It shows how, how amazing of a golfer he can be. Um, but just right now, the, the, the health isn't there, which I think is, is, is tough for, you know, golf fans as a whole to watch. But we hope that, you know, I guess he continues to recover and he continues to figure things out because it was a little worrisome to see him withdraw, I will say, on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to go Morikawa just as my surprise, you know, finishing 55th. He's someone that I think a lot of golf circles donned as the next Tiger Woods because of how good his iron play was. And he obviously has not been anywhere near that so far in his career. And that's not a knock against him. You know, it's really tough to beat Tiger Woods. I think, you know, no one has been able to emulate the things he has done on the PGA Tour, but you want to see Morikawa win more often. You know how good he is with the irons. His putting has been better, I think, so far this season. He just hasn't been able to put it together for the four rounds to win a tournament. I, I want to see more top 10 finishes out of Morikawa. I think we've seen that out of his counterparts like Justin Thomas, like Rory McIlroy, like even a Jordan Spieth. But I think Morikawa's just – you haven't really seen it out of him so far this season. And I think that has, you know, been a little disappointing so far. If you look at his year, he does have six top 10 finishes, but he is the 19th FedEx Cup rank. He's not in the top 10, which I think a lot of us would expect out of him. And 
He only has five career wins, his best having two on the 2019-2020 season. So I just think that if he wants to assert himself as a top golfer, you need to see those finishes be more consistent. So I was a little disappointed for him this weekend. It kind of two points, one on Tiger and then one on Morikawa for me. I mean, Tiger, I think uh, it's kind of funny because I think that withdrawal would have been a much bigger story if Pereira just finished it out and there were no kind of, you know, big upsets on Sunday. But, you know, obviously you have this big Sunday where it's going to be a really memorable. People are going to remember this major for a while. So I think Tiger withdrawing first time, I think, in a major in his career, it's not too, too, you know, I, I don't think coming out of it, not as maybe not a lot of people are talking about it, but for him, I mean, he should play so good on Friday. And then just you see this stand was not there and he probably shouldn't have played. And it's nothing, I think, having to do with just like him overall and his health. I think it just has to do with the Masters. That's a grueling tournament. And this is a quick turnaround. It was like, you know, about basically about a month. And for him and his leg, like he should definitely not play the U.S. Open and get ready for St. Andrews. Probably the last time in his career he's going to play a British Open at St. Andrews. So I, I think for him, probably the U.S. Open isn't in his cards, I think, after this week. And I, I, I think that he's going to come up and tr- try to give it all his all in and try to, you know, finish a top 20 and compete at St. Andrews. And, you know, that, that's in a few months. So he's got some time. Uh, but, you know, with Tiger, I'm not too surprised just because it's tough to play all these majors and walk all these uh, tournaments and play four solid rounds. He was able to make the cut. And for him, that's obviously, you know, the big goal right now. So he was able to do that. But overall for Tiger, just, you know, it's obviously not what you wanted to see. But I think that his eyes are on St. Andrews now for sure. And then with Morikawa, it's been the putter. I think we could all say that his putter has been so, so inconsistent. And until he gets the putter back into where he likes it, I I don't think there's, you know, he's not going to win a a major. He's just not. I mean, his irons could be as good as Tiger. But overall, I just feel like if his putter is going to stay like this inconsistency, he's going to have these you know, tied for 55 clunkers and he's going to, you know, not be able to finish off even when he is playing well, he's not going to be able to finish off and make the big putts, you know, in the majors he's contending. Yeah, definitely agree on those points. I think with Tiger, the fact that you say the story would have been much bigger. I think when the news came out originally, I was thinking, you know, in our on the green episode, this is going to be the talk. And then Justin Thomas <laughs> comes out of the clubhouse to win the tournament and it kind of gets buried to the back half of the episode. So, it, but, but looking at what Tiger Woods did this weekend, I think it was clear that he wasn't going to win at a certain point. Was he going to hurt himself more by playing than help himself? He doesn't need to prove anything. So get ready for St. Andrews. That's the big thing for him. And looking forward if you just place highly in any event that's going to be the win for him if you can finish top 20 then that itself is going to be a moral victory i think for him just to prove to himself that he can still do it even if he doesn't need to prove to anyone else yeah that's definitely for sure and i think that you know we're going to see with tiger but if he could finish top 20 i mean that would be so electric like he's in like i mean top 20 means you're in contention at least going into that final day if there's a a point within the tournament that's not a thursday (laughs) like this guy like he's in running the weekend to have him to have him in contention on the weekend if he's like within five shots saturday top 10 i think people would be like oh my god tiger woods could win it and i think that'd be enough even top 20 even top 20 i think heading into saturday would just be awesome yeah and saint andrew it's a place he has a ton of history at he loves playing there obviously you know he calls it just like the epicenter of golf so i mean it it would be fitting for him to kind of have his like final ride there 
and especially in probably what's going to be his last time playing at St. Andrews. So we're just going to have to see. Obviously, we'll be talking about uh, all the Tiger talk in, in the weeks coming up to the British Open. But now I, I want to kind of settle the talk on the PGA Championship and then look forward to the Charles Schwab Challenge. That will be it next week at our pick, Sleeper and Fade. This one's going to be played at Colonial, which is, you know, a big kind of PGA Tour mainstay. I think they've been playing there since like the like World War II, something crazy like that. So it's a place that has a ton of history. That's why the guys come out, big purse. And it's definitely a good field. So, you know, I I think when we go through our picks and, you know, fades and some sleepers as well, all these are going to be named players. And that's why I think it's definitely going to be, you know, a a pretty entertaining tournament. But, Mike, we'll start off with you. Let's let's go with the – let's do sleeper to start. Okay, so – my sleeper is someone who did very well at the PGA Championship. It's Chris Kirk. He's yeah. won the Colonial Country Club before. Um, he topped the field at the 2015 Crown Plaza Invitational. Um, he's coming off, like I mentioned, top five um, um, performance at the PGA Championship. And he's had some good top tens throughout the season. He had a seventh at the Honda Classic. He was also fifth at the Arnold Palmer. So I think he's been playing good enough golf where he can carry that into this weekend. So he's someone that I like. He's my sleeper. Uh, for my sleeper, I have Abraham Answer. Um, he uh, also played very well at the PGA. He was he was ninth at the PGA, uh, tied for ninth. So um, kind of like snuck in there, I feel like, to not only a top 20, but a top 10. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think it's important to note that um, Perry Maxwell designed both the Colonial yeah. Country Club and Southern Hills. So it's the same, you know, course designer for these two events back to back. So I think, you know, there's definitely a lot to be said about having success at the PGA. And then I think following that up with having success here in this tournament here um, at, the, at the Charles Schwab um, at Colonial. So I think answer, I like him as a guy that um, will, uh, We'll kind of fly into the radar as a sleeper. Um, obviously, he did so last week at the PGA. He's got three other top 20 finishes this year. So he's played pretty good golf um, this season as well. I like him as my sleeper. Yeah, it's definitely – it's that same formula where you, where you want to hit, you know, some long drives. And if you could stay on the fairway, you're probably going to be in good shape. Uh, so that, that that's kind of what I'm kind of using that strategy too. Guys that played well last week. And that, for me, is Tom Hoagie, who finished ninth last week, tied for ninth as well. A guy that kind of goes under the radar – you know, 55 to one uh, this week to win the uh, Charles Schwab. And I think he gets it you know, within the top 20, a guy that could look, you know, it's hit the long ball and for the putting, we'll figure it out. You know, ho- hopefully we're in a position where, you know, he, he could be in that top 20 and I think played really well last week. And I think he carries on the good momentum here into this weekend. Now moving on to our fate, Sam, we'll start off with you. Who do you, who are you fading? My fade is, uh, you guys are going to hate me for this, but I'm doing it again. Bryson DeChambeau is back. He's playing since the Masters. First tournament since the Masters. And of course, he may not play. Playing, he may not play. I don't know. We'll okay. see. Because he, he's got an injury. Right now, he's he is playing as of now. He, he is. is playing as of now. If he does not play, I will put in an alternative pick. I will. Okay. Is, is that fair? Okay. That's, that's fair. actually a good point, just in case. Just for our standings, of course, we have to make sure we have everything in yeah. order. So I will put in an alternative fade if Bryson DeChambeau does not play. But if he does, obviously he's, he's been, you know, dealing with a hand injury. Um, it, it's definitely shown this year. He's missed the cut in the last three events. Um, but his odds are, I mean, his odds are 50 to one to win, which is pretty high considering uh, how poorly he's played over the last three weeks. And he hasn't played since the Masters. So 
Um, his odds are very high, kind of confusing how people still think that he, you know, to be honest, has a shot right now at, at winning a tournament with his, you know, physical condition. You know, he's not, he's not a hundred percent. There's no doubt about that. So for me, the Shambo is my fade. Yeah. I'm going to double down with Sam. I'm having trouble finding a fade in all honesty. Um, so we both have to have alternative picks. So then. I want to go with, I wanted to go with Dustin Johnson, but he's not playing this week. He's not playing here. No, he's not. I was going to keep on fading him because it worked out last time, but I he's not have, playing good either. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I was going to do Kepka too. He's also not playing. Not playing. No. Um, I was thinking about Morikawa, but the more I think about Morikawa, this is a uh, a course that favors uh, approach to the green, which he's great at. So I think. Well, also that- Morikawa hasn't really missed any cuts this year. I was looking at that too because. He has not been playing good golf at all, you know, like we talked about, but he hasn't missed any cuts really. I think he's only missed one. So like, he's still making the cut. He's just not really in contention, which is what you expect out of a golfer like him. So he's not a great fade. So, so that's why I'm going to go with um, Bryson here because he's just a safe pick and I'm not going to take a guy who just subbed out of uh, the PGA championship to an injury, a major and expect him to come back and be good at the Charles Schwab. And, um, you know, I'll do some research on a potential fade uh, if he ends up not playing. Oh, you guys kind of, you know, took the, the easy way with DeChambeau. And look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make it kind of, you know, a, a different uh, pick. I'm not going to go all in and kind of, you know, look at I'm between two. I'm between Tony Finau and Sungjae Im. Im because he didn't play last week. And I think all these guys did play. And I think playing at such a similar course gives them such an advantage. And also Tony Finau, who was 30th last week. And since the Mexico Open, where that field was really, uh, you know, thin, he hasn't played well, um, missed a few cuts at the players, uh, the Phoenix Open as well, and was 30th, 41st. So didn't miss a cut in the major, but he's not been at the top. So for me, I'm between those two guys. I mean, really just be a flip of, flip of a coin at this point, but I guess I'll go with uh, Finau. You know, he'll be my guy for this one. I was going to say, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Finau. I mean, Im's a really good golfer, but I think last week, I, I think he's not going to, you know, be in contention just because he didn't play last week. And I think all these guys do have, an, you know, a distinct advantage considering they played at such a similar course last week. But I'll, I'll go with Finau as my fade. And then, and he's 35 to one. Uh, this week on the odds boards. And finally, the win, Mike, who do you got? Who's winning this tournament? It's a tough one. Uh, I really want to go with Will Zalatoris, but I think you guys are going to go with him. I don't want to have that spoiled, <laughs> but I don't want it to be a clean, uh, clean sweep. So I'm going to go Victor Hovland. And someone who did not do well at the PGA Championship, tied for 41st, but he was the runner-up at the Ulnar Palmer, fourth at the Genesis. He was top 10 at the Players. He is someone who is very good with the irons, not a great putter. So I could really see him, you know, having a surprise weekend here and a non-leveraged tournament with a big purse. So Hovland's someone that I think, I don't know why, but it's just, I could totally see, you know, checking my phone. It's like, wow, Victor Hovland's playing really good golf this weekend. And um, it wouldn't have surprised me. So that's my pick. Sometimes it's the gut decision you can just kind of go with. You know, it's something that you could see happening. For me, um, you already said it, Mike. Uh, I was, you know, going through a couple different names, but I got to go Zalatoris. Just with the way he played last week, obviously how important it is to play well at the PGA and how that translates into this week, like like we talked about. Um, I think 
to be, you know, he's had so many top finishes in majors or high finishes in majors, as, as we've talked about, I think to have a little bit less pressure on him will really help with the putting. I think that'll help with the short game, uh, just the ability to be in it, you know, a little bit, not as big of a tournament as, as a major, like the PGA, I think that's going to help him out a lot, but at the same time, he's still, you know, driving and, and playing really great with his irons. He's still playing really, really good golf. Um, you know, the best he's played in his career, I think right now, just, it's about, you know, it's not about a whole season of, of great putting. Like we talked about, it's really just about a couple days or, you know, even, even one really hot day with the putter, I think would do it for him considering, you know, how well he played last week. So Dal Torres is my pick, you know, I'm being, I'm being very basic. I feel like with my picks here, but, um, I, it's all about the points at this point. After I got that win last week, I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to shoot to the top of the leaderboard here, uh, in our little competitive, you know, pick segment here. So I got Zal Torres. So I'm the only one between us three and then also Chris to not have a winner. And I'd really like to get one. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but we'll have to see. Who did Mike have, Mike, did Mike, did Mike have a winner? Yeah. I had I Mike, yeah. He, he, okay. he like, he's clean sweep his urge. Like, I mean, that's how it's like. Uh, most like, I don't know if I did any prep for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's sometimes the best. Uh, you just got decision, got decision, you know? <laughs> So I, I, I was between Zalatoris and Sam Burns. You're going with Zalatoris. So I'll, I'll go Sam Burns, the up-and-comer, the, the rookie on the tour. He finished 20th last week, so a top 20 finish for him. And he had a ton of success earlier in the year, won the Valspar. And I think he gets it done again, a guy that could just drive the ball a ton. I mean, just gifted talent. And I don't think he's at that major level, but this course fits him so well, and I think he's going to be able to get it done. He'll be, I, I think, in good contention. He's, uh, I think, 20 to 1 or 25 to one to win this. So uh, I think he's going to be able to get it done. But uh, guys, I think with all that said, it's going to be time to wrap up this episode of on the green looking forward to next week. I think the matches next week where like the, where like Mahomes and oh. Mahomes and Rogers are we playing. Legally, are we legally allowed to talk about that? <laughs> we have to talk about that. We got it here. I, I think it's on the, like, if you go to like the, the golf thing on ESPN, I think it's on the schedule. So let me check that real quick. I think that so I, I guess that is a real event. It is so the match is I, next I, I, week. That's on for, for all things PGA Tour. So maybe we need to change that. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. got to change the intro to all, and the match. I don't know all things <laughs> golf. All things golf. Yeah, so that's going to be on Wednesday, June first, and then the Memorial Tournament uh, presented by Workday is going to be during the weekend. So an extra day of golf with the match, and that's like it's yeah, Rogers. And Brady versus Mahomes and Josh Allen. So we, we've seen Tom Brady's golf skills, and they weren't very good when he played in the match a few years back. We'll, we'll he see hit that how... one good shot. He hit one. I remember he hit one really good shot. That was, what like, it was. that was like prime COVID, where it was like that. Yeah, was like ball. Was that like, was all we had. Like we yeah, had. Like, Peyton... oh, I cannot wait for the back. <laughs> yeah, it was Peyton Manning hitting low liners, but they were just always straight. I remember that. And yes. then we'll see what Mahomes and Josh Allen do. I'm assuming they could hit the ball a mile just because, I mean, we're, we're going to have to preview it. I, I feel like, I, I feel like we got to talk about that. Yeah. We just like all the different props <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, it yeah. should definitely be a lot of fun, but I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up the show. So for Sam Davis and Mike Calamari, I'm Andrew Galata saying, see you guys next week on the green.